0: Welcome in to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, We're excited uh, to be together again. And Bubba, you know, you and I have uh, raised a lot of folks, continuing to raise some in the young adult years. Uh, So anytime that there's a book that's been written uh, about parenting, and I don't mean any disrespect, but especially if you've been around some of the modern parents of today, apparently uh, we should not assume that everybody was raised with the same instructions on how to parent. And I think a, a lot of people are wondering about that. Rick, we uh, we're very lucky and fortunate to have uh, a, an old friend and a new guest with us today. Uh, Andy, good to see you, man. How you been,
1: Bubba? It's good to be with both you guys. It's uh, I feel like it's always coming home when I'm back in studio with you guys. It feels very very normal. So uh, I've been uh, kind of pushing the envelope now. So I brought my mom along this time.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> if you're wondering who we're talking about, it's Andy Irwin, the Irwin Brothers. Uh, that we we've had Andy on on a prior. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast about uh, the the movie industry and Christian movies and all that's happening there. Today, mama of the Irwin brothers, Sheila Irwin, she has written the book Raising Up Dreamers, Find and Grow Your Child's God-Given Talents, and she joins us for her Rick and Bubba debut. Sheila Irwin, welcome to Rick and Bubba University.
2: Thank you. Uh, It's great to be here. It's fun.
0: Uh, Well, so let's talk a little bit um, about the book, and we'll, we'll first talk about in general, we'll have Andy chime in on what it was like to to live uh, under the uh, the parenting of you and and your husband. Uh, so, what are you hoping uh, the book accomplishes? If I'm out there and I and I hear the title of this book, what was your intention and how did you go about writing the book?
2: Uh, the first the first thing would be for encouragement. Uh, I see moms just. Uh, so stressed in in this day and age. And so it's encouragement, but it's also, it's not just encouragement to be the best mom or parent. It's encouragement that God is able. That would be my heart, that God is able. Uh, This came out of, I taught uh, classes and uh, retreats on Help I'm a Mom. Um, I would have women come up to me, older women usually, that were grandmothers, and they would say, do you have a book? Because my daughter lives in Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. And I, she really needs to read She needs this information. And I'd say, no, I'm not a writer. And um, so that happened over and over again. And then finally Hank started, Sheila, I think you really need to write a book. I think this would encourage moms, the things that God's taught you along the way. And so it's not about being the perfect mom and it's not about having perfect children. It's not about raising up uh, movie directors. It's about <laughs> the sufficiency of Christ.
0: So, Andy, talking to you, um, because there, there is a point in here, though you talk about your boys did want to get into this field, and I think sometimes, and, and from a parent who also has uh, children that want to go into the same entertainment business or something similar, or uh, media, and, you know, I have one that's an aspiring movie maker like you, Andy, and, and John, uh, and he's working in the field, and uh, then, you know, I've got some who are actors, and then uh, I've got another one that's on the radio, and uh, sometimes, though, when children want to walk into this arena, especially now, and, and I know you experienced it, too, talk about how, how your mom tried to maneuver you in the waters of you're going out into this field as a Christian, but you're going into a field that is not going to embrace that.
1: You know, I think uh, I think both my mom and my dad really just instilled the idea of chasing your dreams and kind of finding your purpose for why you do what you do. And so they, they did things to kind of foster our creativity. I don't know that they knew kind of the monster they were creating in that and that they were going to end up, you know, having their kids run out and chase this dream to try to make a living at it. And uh, fortunately it worked and I'm not having to move back home with my parents. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I think they just kind of encouraged us to kind of find our purpose and our calling and to be really secure in who we were. And uh, yes, we wanted to be, Uh, filmmakers, but uh, we were Christians. We were raised in Birmingham, Alabama, and we really kind of were able to just stay true to our roots, to find our voice and to see it as a ministry opportunity and an opportunity to engage uh, people with the truth that we hold very dear. And so I think it was just that security of uh, allowing us to discover who we were and what our purpose was and looking for opportunities to foster that kind of creativity. Um, And so one of the stories in the book, that's one of my favorite is, uh one of the coolest mom moves that my I mom mean. had yes it's uh, incredible <laughs> she had this she had this uh we couldn't afford a lot of uh the, the newer toys growing up uh, uh uh and so she we but we love star wars and so my mom uh worked for months in the garage and like on the secret project trying to figure out what is she doing in there and we walked in and she had taken an old ping pong table and had made yeah. each of the different sections from the movie from Star Wars for us to play with our action figure figures. So it was like Yoda Swamp and the the Ewok Village and all this type <laughs> of stuff. And it became like our first movie set to kind of start doing it with all these action figures. And so it was just fun stuff like that 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 they really kind of fostered that creativity in us and that turned us into kind of filmmakers. So Sheila, when did you see with the
0: boys? You know, because it's interesting that we're interviewing you today. We we do a Wednesday Bible study here every Wednesday, and and just yesterday, and when we're recording this, we're recording this on on uh, um, uh, a Thursday, even though most of you are consuming it over the weekend. And Peter is talking about to these you know these Christians that are being persecuted, and one of the things that he talks about in chapter four is that you've got to understand that these gifts that you have been given have been given to you by God. And you, and you need to, to learn, and he's talking about this sometimes through suffering you learn this, but that God is trying to write you in a direction to understand that these talents are God-given. So now you have to, uh, to, to find the way to use them in a God-honoring way, but then you get into parenting, Sheila, and you talk about this in the book. You, you don't want to squash that. But at the same time, you want to guide it in the right direction. So tell me, tell tell the the moms and and even dads that are listening, what were some of the ways you walked that line and that balance?
2: Well, I mean, it was just a God thing. I mean, God—that's what I'm talking about. The book is, God and God gave us the wisdom. He promises in James, if you ask, He'll give wisdom. Uh, and so we asked, <laughs> we prayed hard uh, and a lot, but we saw that uh, they were interested in. In film. Uh, uh, Hank was doing a live television show there in Birmingham. And uh, when John was 12 and he was 16, and he allowed them to run camera on his live. Uh, we've got some real stories about that <laughs> running camera uh, and, and doing a live show. But, but um, you know, and they began, they fell in love with it. Hank had always encouraged the boys to find something you love to do and, and try to do it for a living. Uh, and, and so that's what they did. And along the way, God brought other people into their lives, um, to encourage them, to teach them, instruct them. Uh, it's kind of been amazing to see all the people that God has brought into their, their lives along the way to do that. But, uh, they were, John was 12 and Andy was 16 when they came to their dad and said, we really believe God wants us to make Christian movies. And Hank said, go for it. Uh, God can do anything. And, um, uh, that's the kind of God we tried to present to them, that God could do anything. And if that's what he's called you to do, he'll enable you to do it. Uh, and we encouraged them in their walk with the Lord. And uh, they were homeschooled, so they had a lot of you know freedom to be able to pursue their dreams. And just uh, step-by-step, moment-by-moment, uh, waiting on the Lord and seeing what he will do.
0: The book is called Raising Up Dreamers, Find and Grow Your Child's God-Given Talents by Sheila Irwin. We continue our conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. So Sheila Irwin is with us, and Andy Irwin is here with us too, uh, Raising Up Dreamers, uh, Find and Grow Your Child's God-Given Talents. Now, Sheila, one of the things you talk about in the book, and it it is a book about parenting and trying to figure out what, what are the things that your kids have been gifted to do and how you can kind of feed that but also guide it at the same time. There's always that question, and Bubba, it comes up on the show all the time, about discipline, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you you talk about in the book because one thing, if you are parenting from a biblical worldview, then discipline is absolutely part of that. Yes. But 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 just like everything else, you can do it the right way, you can do it the wrong way. Um, and so, talk to the the parents that are listening. Really, in a time when discipline from a biblical standpoint standpoint is really frowned upon, but mm-hmm. but what is the best way? To to in some places. Yeah, to discipline your children under the authority uh, of of the Bible.
2: Well, you know, we felt like it was our job. God had given the, us these two boys, and they were beautiful thoroughbreds, but they were wild stallions as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that they had their their gifts and talents, and their their life had to come under His authority. And that's uh, what we were trying to do with them was to teach them about authority through obeying us, but to teach them to submit themselves to the Lord's authority because, you know, as parents we're working our way out of a job. Uh, That's what we want to do is we want our children uh, to be able to stand without us. If we dropped dead, they could just keep right on going. And so that's what we, our heart is that they have their own lives and that they uh, have their own way. And so that was the heart of our discipline, Uh, but we were consistent uh, my mother was a very good disciplinarian, uh, and, and she had uh, instilled in me right before Andy was born. Uh, she said, Sheila, if you're not going to be consistent in disciplining this baby, don't discipline him at all. And I thought, what? And, <laughs> and she said, because if you're inconsistent, that breeds rebellion. And because they'll think, well, maybe this time I'll win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so it's worth the fight and and so we tried to discipline them we tried to make sure that we just had a few rules and everybody knew what they were um and one of the things that god really convicted me of early on was uh andy uh god love him he lo- he uh loves order and he was a very compliant child and we had uh when he was little i um being a first-time mom i put pegs up on the wall and i, I took made little uh, denim sacks and i painted the picture of a uh, the toy on the outside of the sack, and the rule was he had to put the toy in the, back in the sack before he could take another toy out, and he loved that. Uh, but then John came along. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing orderly about John, and and so uh, you know, he's ADHD. And so, um, a friend of ours had made this humongous and I mean, big, 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 uh, t- a toy box. And it, ha- I painted a racetrack on the top of it. And, uh, the rule became the new rule became with John, just make sure everything is in the toy box before you go to bed. Uh, and so that was kind of the new rule, but the Lord really convicted me that I'd been so diligent to teach Andrew, um, you have more time with that first one and to teach him all the rules and why we did them. And, uh, you know, to be consistent to make sure he carried through and to discipline if he didn't. Um, uh, and with John, I think I thought he'd get it by osmosis. yeah. And, and then I realized, no. And the Lord really convicted me to stop, stop, take time to explain the way we lived in our home and what was acceptable. One of the funniest stories with John, he was about five. And he came to me and he said, mom, I have a question. I said, okay. And he said, well, why is it that I get so much more discipline than Andy does? And oh, I said, oh, John, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> and he said, what? And I said, do you want to know the answer? And he said, yes. I said, Andy's found a secret. And he, I said, the secret is this. If you obey, you don't get disciplined. <laughs> and it was like a light bulb went off in that child's head. And he looked at me and he said, oh, I think I can do that. <laughs> and there was a big change in his behavior. And so don't take it for granted that your children make sure everybody knows, you know, if you've got five, you do it five times. You know, if you've got 10, you do it 10 times. Uh, if you've only got two, you do it two times, but making sure everybody knows what the rules are, but then being consistent and we call sin, sin. Disobedience was called sin in our house, not a mistake, mm. because I wanted my children to know that they were sinners in need of a savior. And that we then we presented that when we presented the gospel, it was a shock to them when I said, You're a sinner. Uh, they knew that disobedience was sin, and so that's just some of the things. There's a lot more in the book about discipline, but that's some of the things we did.
0: Yeah, I know growing up, my dad used to fear to help help me out and uh, you know, <laughs> fear of the fear of the belt. Yeah, you know, he, he was pretty clear on that. Well, and, and I think about in our house, it was very similar, but it sounds like in yours as well, and Andy. You, you can you can chime on on this too, is is when you look when you look into scripture, and we see in the very beginning when God was saying this is how things are going to go, He didn't have a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. I mean now now He had some because you got to have boundaries, and boundaries are actually a blessing. They're not they're they're not a curse. They're a blessing. You think we could have stayed clear of one tree, wouldn't you? Right, and and so I <laughs> I think you hit on that because because the Bible says, and I have been guilty of this. And I think it's it's also important. And you talk about this to let our kids know we're not perfect either. Mm-hmm. But but I, I can tell you that watching my children, there is a difference in disciplining your children and exasperating your children. Yes. And 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 the Bible is very clear about that. We're told not to exasperate them, meaning there's so many rules, so many things, we're always on them, and and you and you cause them to rise up in anger because you've just you've exasperated them by. It seems to never end, never end. It never, can never. You're you're not parenting from a place of control and and under the authority of God. You're parenting from a place of anger, or you know, I'm parenting because I want other parents to see me parent this way. Not that I really care about you. I just don't want to look bad to them, and and this kind of stuff. So so, Andy, talk about the the this this living under. There were rules that you certainly didn't cross, but the, there weren't like. A, a ton of rules what 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 was it like from your standpoint as a child
1: uh yeah you know i think you know uh it was always um very relational and and kind of geared towards helping us uh understand uh why we do what we do and so i think it was about teaching not punishment and uh mm-hmm. and i think that's a, a, a important distinction you know i think and i think that's what i've tried to do with my kids and I, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. And, uh, I don't think that anybody parents perfectly, I think that (laughs) get a lot right and get a lot wrong uh, that we have to grow from, but, you know, um, you know, with my son and two daughters uh, trying to help them understand, uh, you know, that we're trying to help them, uh, rather than, uh, trying to punish them for not getting it right. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a teaching opportunity and you want to see you don't want to I don't, I don't believe in squashing uh, a kid's uh, identity or personality or any of that type of stuff. I want to help uh, my kids understand just the benefit and how much easier it is to do things a certain way and, and how it's good for their heart. And so, you know, when they really get that, it's a really cool kind of moment. And uh, to have those kind of conversations, Isaac and I, my 12 year old. We have these man-to-man talks that we started when he was five and uh, whenever he has something come along that confuses him or something that comes up with one of his friends or whatever, or he didn't understand something, he just says, Hey dad, can we have a man-to-man? And, uh, <laughs> and we sit down and, and he brings it up. There's nothing off limits, nothing that we can't talk about. And we just have these talks that it's really cool to just help see him own it for himself. And, uh, it's a work in progress and, uh, it's going to be a lifelong journey. And I think that's the important part is that relational side of discipline is an invitation, not, uh, isolation, not punishment.
0: Yeah. The, the explanation of what's going on and, and Bubba, we've talked about this on the show and why this is happening, I think is is crucial because, um, uh, if if they see that this is coming from a place kind of like, you know, a lot of people have a problem sadly with coming under the authority of God because they keep seeing God. And sometimes they may have seen this through their parents as Mm -hmm. someone who is not doing anything for their own good. He's just got some out to to steal the fun. Yeah, He's out to steal the fun. And he didn't want me to be able to do this. And, and, and they, and people, you know, if they turn away from the authority in the home, then sadly, a lot of times that equals, I turn away from the authority of God. And, and as you were saying, Sheila, in the book, the thing that kind of takes a lot of pressure off parents is when you understand, uh, that, uh, it's not you who's going to do it. It's actually God. And, and take that pressure off yourself.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, um, one of the things Andy said to me, we, we were talking about parenting on uh, one day at the ha- his house and he said, as I've gotten my own children and learning to be a parent, uh, and, and one of the things that we talked about in our family was that we were all in process. <laughs> uh, nobody's right. arrived right. And, and you know, uh, we were all in process and, uh but but that uh, he said to me i see that so much of what you and dad did was intentional mm-hmm. and so are we taking time to be intentional parents that that really ministered to me uh that there's a reason we have a goal and that goal is that they'd be Christ like that they fall in love with Jesus that they fall in love with his word that they that that Jesus Christ becomes the lord of their lives and and they have an incredible life we're there to facilitate that and to let God be God, we always went back to the word of God with our discipline as well. We didn't. It's not because mommy and daddy want you to be this way or we want to look good uh, or whatever. Our, our, our reasoning is that you be all that God's called you to be. Uh, and uh, we need to remember, too, as parents, it's not a one-man show. God's going to bring other people into their lives uh, to help to do this as well, and you need to welcome those uh, people that would come alongside and encourage your children in the things of the Lord. But being willing to be that parent that does discipline, that there are boundaries, uh, and these are they, and there's consequences, uh, and this is what they are. And and uh, to be consistent to do that is so very important because one day you're not gonna be there as their authority. One day it's gonna have to be uh, them and God. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, you can't um, try to control. If you try to control, then you have a child that can't think. Right. Uh, and they need to be able to think for themselves. And it's been such a joy to watch my boy's parent. Uh, Andrew is an incredible father. Uh, watching him with his children is a delight. And and when I hear something that we did, and I don't even know that he's aware of that, maybe that he's doing it and he's doing it with his children, it blesses <laughs> it blesses my heart to see that. Uh, coming about because you know that you've passed that on. And one of the other things we did, because we do have uh, one child that's uh, John and, uh, and early <laughs> on, uh, I found out that he, uh, he's a vet, he's a great negotiator and that's wonderful what he does for a living. Yeah. Uh, but as a mom, it was tough sometimes. And, mm. uh, and so I, I would, we would talk me into things and I, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. I know I said, no, I, I'm almost positive. <laughs> I said no after he would leave. Uh, so we made a thing where you had to, if I gave a command or his dad gave a command, And Andy had to to come up with that too. But if a command was given and you disagreed with what we said, as long as you were respectful, you could say, may I speak, please? And if I gave permission or dad gave permission, then you could talk to me and tell me your side of the things um, as long as you were respectful. But if you started to be disrespectful, it was over. You had to go on and just do what I said. And sometimes I would say, oh, I didn't know that. Other times I would say, you know, that really is irrelevant. And we're going to have to go on and do what I said. We taught the word irrelevant very early on in the boys' lives. And he <laughs> was three years old. We were walking through the church one day and he was asking me something. And, and I don't know what it was, but I turned around and said, Baby, that's just irrelevant. And this lady came up and rebuked me. Oh. She said, That baby does not know what irrelevant means. And I said, Andrew, what does irrelevant mean? And he said, just in his sweet little voice, not pertaining to the matter. <laughs> and she she looked at him and went, uh, uh oh, okay. Anyway, he was a genius. You know, when he was, he, he was already reading by the movie. But anyway, but but yeah. And so teaching him that word saved my life a lot of ways. That was irri- that's irrelevant. Uh, in
0: <laughs> that's great. We're talking with Sheila Irwin and, and Andy Irwin, the of the Irwin brothers, raising up dreamers, is the book. And uh, you can get that, and we'll put that website where you can find it. You can find it wherever books are sold, or just go to RaisingUpDreamers.com. RaisingUpDreamers.com. We'll continue our conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit, Bubba, about Tommy John. And I I like what what Tommy John says here. Uh, Tommy John underwear doesn't have customers. They have converts. And we would be two of those. That's right. Uh, Because we started out, and you know dudes, we're like, well, our underwear is our underwear. We're assigned (laughs) that at a certain age, and that's our underwear for the rest of our life. And we keep it until it falls off. Until Tommy John said, well, wear some of ours. And we became converts like so many people. Dozens of comfort innovations. Once you've tried Tommy John, you'll never go back. Don't assume that men's underwear, and they have women's uh, uh, underwear as well, but don't assume that the technology of underwear stopped somewhere back in the 1800s. Well, nothing else did. Why would that? No, they've got the breathable, the lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric, four times the stretch of the competing brands, uh, so it it moves with you. That's why it's so comfortable from working hard, playing hard. Uh, You start every morning in Tommy John underwear. Uh, You're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better because, let's face it, you don't know what, what it's like to wear underwear that's better until you go, oh, wow, this is available to me. So it, it's time now for you uh, to try Tommy John underwear. It comes with a, a non-rolling waistband for the perfect fit. The legs never ride up. Uh, you're, you're covered with their no wedgie guarantee. The, these, these, these underwear will not wedge it. Anti-wedgie. Yeah, now I don't know if you can stop a bully with yeah, it, but right. you won't have one, a, a mono wedgie <laughs> that, you, that was just your own your own causing. So they've got uh, some, some great, great um, uh, styles for you to choose from. So here's what you need to do. Get that much more comfortable at tommyjohn.com slash rickbubba. Say 15% on your first order. Say 15% right now at tommyjohn.com slash rickbubba. tommyjohn.com slash Bubba. We're back uh, talking to Sheila Irwin. The book is Raising Up Dreamers. I gave you the website again, raisingupdreamers.com. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, in the book. And again, you want to get the book so you can get all, we're not going to go as deep on every topic today because there's just there's not enough time. But you were talking about that you that as a parent we should join in on the fun. And, mm-hmm. and, and we went through this at my house because, you know, especially with moms. I love fun. Yeah, eh? yeah. But moms, you know, moms have so many things going on. The job of a mom never ends. You know, e- even if you're a mom and you say, well, my husband is the one that goes out and does vocational work that provides, uh, and even if you do that or you don't, moms have these ongoing jobs that never end, the laundry and the keeping the house clean, and we got to do this. And I know that dads need to help with that, too. Don't misunderstand me. But in my house, a lot of times, my wife says, no, I tried to let you help, and you keep messing it up, so I really don't want you to do it anymore. And I remember us playing, dads would play with the kids, and we would be, and my wife said one day, you have become the fun parent. How did this happen? The kids think you're the fun parent, and they think yeah. I'm the fuddy dud. I'm the one that says pick everything up. Right. And I said, well, honey, honestly, and, and and you talk about this in the book, Sheila, it's okay if the laundry doesn't get done today. It, it, it's okay if we clean up after dinner later. Okay, we'll do it. Why don't you just come play in the yard with us and forget about this other stuff for, for a minute. Uh, t- tell Tell especially the moms, I think they struggle with it sometimes more than the dads, on joining in on the fun
2: yeah uh remember most likely you're gonna only have 18 years and i know that sounds like a long time but i want to tell you something it's a heartbeat it flies by doesn't it? Yeah, they're, they're grown and out of your house and have children of their own and and the, all that's wonderful don't get me wrong that's the way it's supposed to be but you're not going to have those children you know uh forever in your home. Uh, I remember Mandy, Andy's wife, asking me one day, we were all going for a walk in Mount Laurel and we were walking down the street and she said, mom, do you ever wish that the boys were little again? And I said, oh, maybe for a day. Uh, but, (laughs) but, but, But anyway, but I said, Yes, I do. I mean, you know, the truth is, as a mama, I'd like to pick up the phone and say, uh, "What'd you What'd you do in your quiet time this morning?" You know, tell me about what you know. Uh, they're busy men, uh, and and we have to find time for one another. It's different, uh, and it's wonderfully different. Don't get me wrong; that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thrilled with their lives, but those intimate years that you have, I mean, cry. <laughs> those intimate mm-hmm. years that you have uh, with that that child, uh, eighteen. Most likely. Uh, maybe some a little longer. Maybe they go to college uh, in 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 your town or whatever, and they are there there at home. Or, uh, but most likely, eighteen years. John well, Sheila, Crowell, Some of
0: them now never gone. leave. I don't know if you know. Yeah, them never a, leave. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. pa- there's parents modern day. <laughs> well, they've they've been they've been blessed with thirty yeah. years. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parents today say, you know, you only have thirty one years with them. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well, we we've actually moved off and left our children. Andy bought our house. Uh, and, and, uh, and we moved a a mile away into a new home, but, uh, so we just left everything. One
0: without a basement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, with nobody, but, but, but we
2: were just gone. Yeah. But, but to, but uh, but to your point,
0: the wiffle ball game in the backyard is, is, is is, when it's gone, it's gone.
2: It's gone. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not a wiffle ball girl. Uh, Hank was, Hank was the. Hank was really the fun parent. I mean, the minute that you know the kids in the neighborhood would come and ask if Hank could come play with them, <laughs> uh, you know, when the boys weren't home, they'd come and say, "Can we come, can Mr. Irwin come play with us?" Yeah. So Hank was Hank was the playful parent, I guess. Yeah. But I tried to be fun in my own who I am. That's right. And to be true to who I am, and so I just enjoyed my children. I hope they felt that way. That I did really enjoy them. I enjoyed their fellowship. I enjoyed talking to them. I enjoyed being with them. It was, I'm an only child to have two people in my home besides myself, was kind of wonderful. Uh, but I uh, I engaged in the, the things, like with with the thing in the garage and doing the, the artistic type stuff that I loved and teaching them the things that I loved. We did fun things as a family. Uh, we even tried to make devotions fun. I don't know if Andy remembers this, but uh, I remember one time uh, we were studying the armor of Christ and uh, we took uh, brown paper sacks, because you used to get those with your groceries, remember? Right. And and we took brown paper sacks and we all made our own armor and then we marched around the the den singing onward Christian soldiers.
0: And Andy, um, do you, do you remember that Andy? No, I don't not at all. <laughs> you know what? There's a movie in this somewhere. Yeah, right. Keep yeah, paying yeah. attention. Yeah. He's got his notebook out. Put that up. <laughs> it's called
1: Mama. <laughs>
2: Yeah, mama. (laughs) So anyway, we tried to do things that were fun. But Andy hit on something when he was talking about discipline. Relationship is so important with your children. Uh, If you don't have a relationship with your children, I don't care how good a disciplinarian you are, how how spiritual you are, uh, how whatever you are. If you don't have a good relationship with your children, it's not. Uh, They will rebel because they desperately need, and they'll go toward their peers. If home is not a safe place, if home is not that place where they feel loved and accepted, they will find those that do accept them, Uh, and it might not be a good place. Uh, So relationship, taking time to be with your children specifically, having movie nights, having game nights. We were fortunate enough to have a pool uh, and so after dinner, during the summer, spring and summer, uh, the boys used to laugh, say, "Mother doesn't get in the pool till August, right. but it's <laughs> too cold." But but after dinner, uh, we would all go swimming, uh, and we would watch. Also, Hank would set up a movie screen at the end of the uh, pool, and we would watch a movie. Oh, I uh, like that idea. Yeah. Pool movies. I I love it. I've love it. never yeah. thought
0: about that. Huh? Pool Isn't movies. That a
2: fun thing to do. It really was. You'd, you'd get your float and lay on your float and watch the. Maybe. So,
0: were you were you guys? Uh, w- was your house the house where all the children came to play? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the Sherry was really big about trying to set that up with the teams. They played on whatever. With everybody yeah. coming over, and that way, instead of your kids being off, who knows where with w- who knows what going on? they just have everybody come here. And and yeah, that,
2: you have to put yeah. everything in your house on the altar right. when you do that because things <laughs> are going to get broken. They will. Yes. Uh, you know, you're not going to have this little per- picture perfect home. Uh, all the time. Yeah. You know, there are days that it looks that way. Uh, (laughs) And so that expectation has to be kind of put away, but it's more important, the lives that are in your home, these children that are there, that they feel more important than your things, than anything else, that they are very important to you and you care about your relationship with them. And it's your delight to be able to have a relationship with them. And not only do you want to have a relationship with them, but that will transfer over into God wants to have a relationship with you as well. And you're teaching them that along the way.
0: Yeah. We want to talk about that. So so when we come back, I I want to touch on that, you know, the the spiritual part in the Bible, because I think a lot of parents are saying if they're, if they're they're people of faith, you know, how, when does it work out when we start trying to, to talk about the gospel? And because the first thing that you, you, you talk about in the book, if you don't get this right, and that is, you know, your children need to be introduced and hopefully come into the authority of Christ. And we'll talk about that when we come back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Right, I do want to tell you about Express VPN, Bubba, you and I were talking about this on the big show uh, just recently. And that is, hey, I, I want to hide my IP address. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I mean, you don't th- want that floating around. There, there's all kinds of people out there. If you've watched that documentary, Social Dilemma, Oh, Rick, it's disturbing, isn't it? Uh, so th- you'll look at everything a little different. You will, that. and yeah. you'll think, I need, I heard Rick and Bubba talking about ExpressVPN, and I'm in. Look, big tech and big government have something in common. They, they want to silence any dissenting voices into submission. We talked about this. On the show, just, to, just had that yesterday. Yeah, as that's a right. Fact. So, so let's say that you are like us and you're a proud gun owner and you follow the rules and you use the freedoms of the second amendment. And you want to talk on social media about the right to, to use the second amendment. Well, chances are that your post will be flagged by a content moderator and you might end up in, on some kind of government watch list. Now, if you want to fight back against this kind of, you know, behavior, which is ridiculous, then we couldn't recommend express VPN with any more passion. Uh, When we use ExpressVPN, they cannot see uh, my IP address or our IP address at all. Uh, Our identity um, is anonymous, and it's secure on a VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of my Internet data for protection from hackers and eavesdroppers. ExpressVPN is the best out there. Uh, uh, There's others, but this uh, VPN from ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless other uh, tech publications. So, and, and we love that it's easy to use. Now that wasn't a big deal to Bubba, but it was to me. It's, it's one click and here we go. Uh, that, that's how the app works. You tap it and you're protected. So why don't you move right now? Stop telling the big tech and big government censors uh, that they can track you, defend your rights and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Rick Bubba. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Rick Bubba. And you get three months for free. Uh, so take advantage of that right now. All right. So we're continuing talking to Sheila Irwin and one of her sons, Andy Irwin. Uh, that is Andy of the Irwin brothers. And we've had them on the show many times talking about movies. As a matter of fact, Andy, I'd like to update you. Bub and I got a SAG check from, I can only imagine yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, so, so for, for our, our brief moment in that, and I, Hey, lunch is on us. Twenty three dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: actually, afford lunch with it. That's
2: awesome.
0: <laughs> so, any, well, if we <laughs> go in together, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well,
0: yeah, if we. But you guys uh, have obviously used the gifts that God has given you. Your mom and your dad, um, they they took those gifts and but they made sure they were placed under the authority uh, of God and uh, and redemption in Christ. Uh, this is the tip number three in the book, but it's a biggie bringing your children to Jesus. Now, Sheila, you, you can't make your children do this, but, but what, what are some ways or advice you could give to Christian families that want to do what God told us to do, and that is to raise up children under the authority of the Lord, and then they'll take that faith and make it their own, and then they'll go out just like Andy's doing, just like your son's doing, then they have children. But how do you do it when it's your time as the parent to pass the faith on to your children, And they don't try to have their faith vicariously through you, because that's a mistake, but then to embrace it as their own.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Well, we tried to set an atmosphere in our home. Uh, One of the things that we taught our children was that that, um, life in Christ is a superior way of living, not an inferior way of living. Uh, And we tried to live like that. Uh, We tried to express to them how much we loved Jesus and how much he loved us. Uh, and we tried to live our lives according to the word of God. And, uh, and we tried to start early teaching our children. Uh, you know, a lot of parents will say to me, well, you know, there's no handbook for parenting. Well, there really is. Mm. Uh, it's the Bible. And so we tried to gear if there was an issue that we didn't maybe we didn't have an answer to. Uh, we would say, well, let's see what God says about it in the word of God. And we would kind of look it up together. Uh, and we talked about Jesus as if he were a part of our home we talked to him as a family we had an altar and it was our old huge wooden um coffee table in the den and we would gather around that coffee table and hank would say has anybody got any needs and, and we taught our children that god was a god that would answer prayer now we taught our children that god is a god that answers prayer he always answers our prayer always uh he has three ways he answers it uh he, uh he, the one that we like the best is a green light uh, mm-hmm. like on a uh, you know, and that's go and that's uh, yes. Uh, and if we're looking at a traffic light and, and the the uh, one we don't like the most is the red light when he says no. Sometimes he says no. Right. Uh, and then other times there's an amber light. And that's when he says, wait, just wait. It's not now. And so we taught them that God answered prayer and they saw answer to prayers, young men, uh, young children as well. But we started early introducing them to the gospel and talking about how uh, what the gospel was. Uh, and that Jesus Christ had died. Died that they were sinners, and that that separated us from God, and that Jesus Christ had died in our place uh, and taken the punishment for our sin, and that we could one day uh, accept Him as they could as well. And we'd already done that, and they could do that, accept Him as their Savior, and then pray a lot, uh, because salvation is not of you, it's of God, and God has a story to tell with each child, and it's uh, it's each. Uh, we all have a different story as God makes himself real to us and he deals with us as we're able and he, but, but to present them with the gospel, uh, and then leave the rest as God continue to present them with the gospel. i don't just do it one time, but making sure, I think Andy has a great story with Isaac's salvation about that, but, but, um, Presenting that that gospel over and over to them and leaving them to say, that's between you and God. And then teaching them that they must have the personal relationship with Jesus. We taught our children that God has no grandchildren.
0: That's true.
2: Only children. That's right. Only children. And you know, parents, there are no guarantees. Uh, you can do everything we talked about, but your child still has a will. And your child ha- still has to bend the knee to Jesus. And so uh, and, and so you uh, you do all this as unto the Lord, not because of what he's going to do uh, and the, the results you think you're going to get, but as unto the Lord. That's what he's told you to do, and you're going to do it, and then pray that they will respond to him. And that's what we did.
0: So, Andy, let's talk about that. Um, you you learned from your parents, uh, but you're still an individual dad. Um uh, you know, there's I, I know with a lot of parents and, and I think we all that have already made this decision in our life, we're almost saying, I, I need to go ahead and get that off the list now. I mean, my, my <laughs> I'm ready for my kid to get saved. You know, I wanna I wanna set up the baptism, but I think a lot of times there's an error in this and while we see so many children that, that fall away from the faith, it was treated like something on a checklist as opposed to vetting it out the right way where the child has the best understanding of a true conversion that really ultimately became their own decision. So, so tell us about how you did it and, 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 and go, tell me how you, how, how you responded to the way your parents handled it.
1: You know, I think for me, um, uh, my faith really didn't become real to me until uh, I was an adult. Um, you know, I think I, I knew all the right answers, uh, growing up. Uh, and my parents taught me the gospel from a young age. So I I knew a a checklist in my head of the things that were, that it was about. Um, but I think, you know, uh, for me, I, I, I really didn't understand it in a personal way until I was 21. And, and I think, um, you know, God just had kind of an appointed time for me to kind of really get it. And I think there was so, you know, I think sometimes the weakness in the church that we have is we we make it so emphasized on praying a prayer or this thing, instead of really what it's about is what are you going to do with Jesus Christ? That's right. Uh, And it really comes down to a moment of trust, of belief of understanding that Jesus did it all for me. And it's not about what I do. It's about, am I going to depend on what he did for me? Am I going to make that personal? Uh, And uh, that's not a perfectly worded prayer. That's not, it's, it's a moment of understanding that was for me. I'm a sinner. I need that. And so, for me, uh, that didn't click until I was 21. And I, I, and, and I think um, God's been helping me to understand the gospel more and more uh, in the years since then. Uh, and I think just continue to understand what I have in him uh, and what what it means uh, to be completely redeemed. Um, and because of that, you know, I kind of came to this point where I realized this isn't something I can kind of just check the boxes because I'm an Irwin. I have to have a personal encounter. Yep uh, with, with Christ and, uh, kind of finally got to that point of desperation where I'm like, I, you know, I had to admit that I, I couldn't fix it. I couldn't make it work on my own and I needed, I needed a savior. And so I think with my kids, you know, it's an imperfect thing where it, there's not an exact science that if you check all these boxes that your kid is going to get it, I, I think again, the more relational you can make that and invite them into it and them understanding the personal side of that and it's a personal decision uh to really accept what jesus did for you personally and i think there's steps towards that and i've seen my own kids make those steps towards that and begin to you know express a desire to to do that or have have, you know prayed and asked jesus to be their savior but i think that just understanding what that means and that type thing it's an ongoing thing and i just want to continue to invite them in to just putting their dependence and, and trust in Christ. And so, uh, you know, it's, it, with each kid, it's a little bit different. And so I just, uh, we try to facilitate as many conversations as we can to explore that. Well,
0: thanks, and, and, uh, and thanks both of you for being on today, and you're right. And, and I think that's a, a great thing to take away. Uh, if you have multiple children, you, you have the same rules, and, and you have the same truths, but the, the process with each child <laughs> is uniquely different. Uh, and what works for one will turn the other one in the wrong direction. You have to find, uh, how God has gifted, e- gifted each individual child in the process of redemption. It's not something you try to check off the list. You go, whew, we got that done. Uh, it's a, it's an ongoing process throughout our entire lives, all of us. So Sheila, thank you for taking time to be with us. Andy, thanks for finding time today as well. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and I love the book. You got
1: to be proud of mama. Yeah, mom's, uh, mom's an accomplished author, so look out.
0: And I know mom's proud of you, too. Yeah, you? yes. She, and John. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and somewhat John. So uh, <laughs> Sheila Irwin, Andy Irwin, thanks for being with us. The book is called Raising Up Dreamers, and you can get it by going to RaisingUpDreamers.com. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba, University, the podcast.